Hey podcast people, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds and welcome to another podcast episode. Today I would like to talk about my new favorite language learning resource. And this resource is called Duolingo Events. Many of you, if not all of you, have probably heard of the app called Duolingo, which is arguably the most well-known or at least one of the most well-known language learning apps out there. It's left, I'm not, well, I'm not sure if it's the most effective language learning app, but it's definitely one of the most well-known. However, what people do not know, or rather what less people know, is that Duolingo has an online events platform called Duolingo Events. The website for it is events.duolingo.com. And when you go on that website, essentially what you're going to see is you're going to see a whole bunch of different free online classes for a wide variety of languages. Let me read you the language list. It's quite a long list, so bear with me. There's Arabic, Catalan, Mandarin, Czech, Danish, Dutch, English, Esperanto, Finnish, French, German, Greek, Guarani, Hawaiian, Hebrew, High Valerian, Hindi, Hungarian, Indonesian, Irish, Italian, Japanese, Klingon, Korean, Latin, Navajo, Norwegian, Polish, Portuguese, Romanian, Russian, Scottish Gaelic, Spanish, Swahili, Swedish, Turkish, Ukrainian, Vietnamese, and Welsh. It's a very long list. And simply what you do on this page is you pick the language you're learning. So I'm going to do it in real time. Let's say I click on Japanese. What's going to happen is it's going to filter out and show you a whole bunch of different uh, language classes that you can see that are all free, or at least most of them. They started to have some paid events, but the vast majority, almost 90% plus are free. Everything I ever see is free. I see very few uh, paid ones. And even the paid ones don't seem to have a lot of great attendance, but the free ones have lots of attendance. So you'll see lots of free online group classes. So I'm looking at my screen right now. The first one for Japanese is Wednesday, August 18th at 3.30 in the morning, my time. So obviously I'm not going to be there, I'll be sleeping. And this one here, I'm gonna click it. It looks like it's a language exchange, it looks like anyway, I'm pretty sure. Actually, this one is miscategorized, funnily enough. This one here seems like it's a Farsi and Farsi event, but for some reason it's categorized as, oh, I see. The host has actually done a poor job here. The host has indicated that it's like a Japanese class, Italian class, Indonesian class. It's not really true, so let's skip this person's event. But if I look at the next one, Wednesday, August 18th at 5 a.m. my time, there is a there's an online class for Japanese interpreters. So it's taught in English. I don't really know what the topic is, but it's a free Japanese class at 5 in the morning my time. August 18th at 11 o'clock a.m., there's another one called Bite Size Conversation. Oh, that's actually my class that I'm that, that my business offers. That's a free class on Duolingo there. On night on the 19th at 4.20 p.m., looks like there's another Japanese one. This is a Japanese uh, conversation class, it looks like. And that's at 4.20 p.m. to 5.20 p.m. on August 19th. On Friday, August 20th at 2.30 p.m., looks like there's an online Japanese FLS language hub. I don't really know what that means, but looks like it's a Japanese class when I'm looking at this picture, at least. Right, on August 20th, there's learning Japanese through exchanging your favorite things. That's at 4 p.m. Right, and on and on and on. On the 21st, I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, there's five 
free classes on Saturday, August 21st. Lots. So this website is filled with free online classes for a wide variety of languages. It's such a good resource, especially if you're learning, you know, some of these, some of these languages have so many different people that host the language on the website. Like I think for Spanish, there's got to be, I'm going to check right now, actually. Let's go to Spanish. Um, let's see here, Spanish. Yeah, Spanish has got so many different events. So today, which is August 17th, there is one, two, three, four, five, five classes today, free classes. Tomorrow there's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 15, oh my God, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I'm still going guys, 22, 23, 24, 25, 20, 25, 25 free group classes tomorrow alone for Spanish. What the heck? That's amazing. Way better than, way more than Japanese obviously, but so many, like wow. Wow, if you're learning Spanish and there's 25 free classes every day or like many days of the week, there is almost no excuse not to learn anymore. There's infinite, seemingly, there's more opportunities for you to go and learn than you could even take advantage of. I've become a big fan of this Duolingo events website. I've actually decided to host all of my events, all of my, my free classes on Duolingo events. Saves me a lot of time, a lot of effort. The time zones are automatically converted to your time zone. It sends automatic reminders. There's feedback surveys. You can see the host reviews. So my host review, I'm just looking at it right now. 129 events hosted. Average rating of 4.5 stars out of 593 reviews. You can see host, looks like it anyway, I can see it on mine. You can see the host ratings, which is really useful. So you can see what people think of the class. What a good resource. That's become my new my new favorite resource now. I absolutely love it. Really, 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 really good. So that's become a new favorite resource and I wanted to share that with you today. So again, that's events.duolingo.com. Duolingo, if you don't know how it's spelled, is D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O events.com. And I'm a big, big fan. Changing gears a little bit, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, a system that I use for learning grammar. I've talked about this once or twice before, so you might have heard me talk about this, but it's nice to bring things back because I share a lot of content and so it's easy to forget some of the things that I say. And I would like to share a six-step process, a six-step process to learning difficult grammar points in any foreign language. The first step is I think you need to expose yourself to a grammar point organically. Organically meaning you heard a native speaker say it in a natural real life sort of conversation or you happen to read it in something that You happen to read it in a resource that wasn't designed to teach you something not some you're in a language class And the, it was put on a PowerPoint to teach you a concept and introducing you to the grammar point You read it when you were doing some reading practice or something like that so I think the organic exposure is really important. And a lot of people, that's not how they initially start to learn a grammar point. They learn it because someone said they should. They learn it because the teacher started to teach it. They learn it because that's the next step in their program. That's why they learn these grammar points. And I think that's not the first step. I think you need to expose, I think organic exposure is very powerful. Next, 
once you have some organic exposure, I think then you can go and learn the theory. So let me give you an example. I'm learning Japanese, as you know, in Japanese, there is a very basic grammatical concept with a particle called wa. I noticed there were, I was learning lots of phrases and words that I would need that were useful for me to know and to, so for me to be able to say the things that I wanted to say. And I noticed there were lots of was coming up. And it's, at some level in my brain, I had a intuitive understanding on how to use these was, like how to use it and kind of understand, but I didn't really get it. But then I learned the theory and the theory solidified in my brain how to use wa. I was like, oh, now that makes sense. It's kind of like when you believe something and you didn't know you believed it until you, hear, until you heard someone else share that belief. And you're like, oh yeah, I believe that too. I just didn't have the words to express that belief until I heard you say it. Well, grammar is the same thing. So step one, expose yourself to it organically. Enough times where you start to have an initial inkling as to how that grammatical point works. Then learn the theory. If you still are a little bit confused, do some online quizzes and worksheets. There are lots of online quizzes and worksheets that are literally a Google search away. Those will help you. If you're still a little bit confused, I want you to make your own sentences that use that grammar point, that spontaneous expression, like write some out. Writing out sentences that use a grammar point will help you internalize that grammar point, I promise you. Step five, if you're still a little bit confused and you still haven't gotten it, I want you to keep paying attention to how native speakers use that grammar point in natural speech. So you need to be in certain environments where you get to hear native speakers on a regular basis. And pay attention, how do they use that grammar point? When do they use it? Make a mental note when you hear it. And step six, I want you to make a special effort yourself to use that grammar point when conversing and writing. So again, that means you need to be in a position where you are conversing with some native speakers, at least on a semi-regular basis. So again, let's recap those six steps. Step one, expose yourself to grammar, to grammar points organically through natural speech from native speakers, or perhaps from reading. Reading can also be a good place to expose yourself organically to new grammar. Do that until you start to have an inkling as to how the grammar point works. Next, you're going to learn the theory by, take, by asking a tutor, by Googling it, by YouTubing it, whatever you choose to do. Next, you're going to complete some online quizzes and worksheets. Those are all a Google search away. Next, you're going to write your own sentences that use that grammar point. This is very powerful and very useful. Next, you're going to keep paying attention to how native speakers use the grammar point in question in their natural speech. And lastly, you're going to make a special effort to use that grammar point yourself when conversing and or texting with other, texting or emailing other native speakers. Follow that six step process and you'll be able to learn any grammar, effect, any grammar point effectively. Now, two additional caveats. Number one, sometimes you might follow the six steps and you still haven't fully internalized a grammar point because it's really complex. I've experienced this with the Spanish subjunctive, the French subjunctive earlier on when I was learning those languages. I've experienced it with the Mandarin ba constructions. I've experienced it with a number of different grammatical points in a number of different languages, por and para in Spanish. And so if you're following these six steps and it doesn't quite work and you're struggling, what you might want to do instead is memorize useful phrases that use that grammar point. And then you use those grammar, you use those phrases regularly. Meaning I learned in Spanish, para ti means for you. 
I didn't care why para ti means for you, like this is this is for you. I just started to use it because that's just what you say. Another example would be in Mandarin, like there's the ba constructions. I, I just had to memorize some phrases that use the ba constructions and use them regularly and slowly but surely memorize more ba construction phrases. And eventually your brain figures it out. Your brain works some magic and it starts to piece together the pattern and your brain figures it out. Or even if it doesn't, if you go memorize a hundred phrases that use a certain construction over a one year period, well, suddenly you can actually use those grammar points pretty darn well, even though you don't know why the grammar point works the way that it works. You just know enough phrases to use it correctly, <laughs> right? So that also can happen. The second caveat is I want to mention the biggest mistake people make when they're trying to learn grammar. The biggest mistake I see people make is they overemphasize trying to learn the theory and completing different practice exercises, quizzes, and worksheets. That's what they do when they're stuck on a grammar point. They just read, they watch more theory videos. They read more blog posts. They do more quizzes, more practice exercises. They reread their notes. They're overemphasizing the theory and the quizzes, worksheets, and practice exercises. They're overemphasizing those two. What you have to do is you have to increase the organic exposure. That will help you pay attention to how people use that, those grammar points. That's an important piece. You need to write your own sentences that use that grammar point regularly, often, write a whole bunch, get them corrected, make sure you did it right. When you did it wrong, rewrite it. That will help you as well. Make a special, don't forget to make that special effort to use the grammar point when conversing and in your writing. Don't just focus on the theory and the practice exercises. That's the biggest mistake I see and that does not work if you are stuck. It can work for some simpler exercise, some simpler grammar points that, okay, you learn the theory, do some exercises and you kind of get it and you can move on. Something like a masculine and a feminine in French or Spanish, like, you know, you can learn the theory, do some practice and your brain can understand the concept that everything is le or la. And you have to memorize which one is which, of course, but your brain doesn't struggle to comprehend this concept. Usually people can figure that out. It's not overly complicated, right? Or even something like, um, I don't know, like, uh, in, uh, <clears throat> you know, in Spanish, like you don't pronounce the letter H in Spanish. It's a, it's a silent letter. Like, okay, it's different, but your brain can comp, that's not grammar, I suppose. Even something like um, the present tense in Spanish, you know, uh, everything in yo ends in o, right? That, that's not that complicated. People can figure that out. There's, after you learn the theory, do a couple practice questions and stuff, a couple practice quizzes, you, you got it. You don't have to practice it anymore. But when you're hitting something like the, I don't know, like, uh, you're hitting like, um, I don't know, like stem changing verbs in Spanish and you're a beginner Spanish learner, like that's might be hard for you. And just doing quizzes and worksheets might not get you there. It might still be, it might, you might not still internalize it. It might not be enough. And that's not even the hardest grammar point in Spanish. There's harder things than that. So some food for thought. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this podcast up here. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, we'll speak soon. Have a nice day. See you.